Um, some of the interesting discussions that have come up in, uh, in the literature about these mitzvahs. Pasuk says in the Megillah, chapter 9, verse 22, that we make these days, referring to the 14th and 15th of Adar, in um, regular cities and walled cities, respectively, Lastly, says we may mishta v'simcha. We make these days days of mishta v'simcha. Mishta means um, feast, but obviously, but if you just think for a second about the root of the word, the root of the word mishta is shasia to drink, which is um, uh, which is what the, the Purim feast. And it's interesting to note that there's a discussion about what is the halachic requirement of the Feast of Purim. So, for example, is it obligatory to wash, to have bread? You know, you know we know on Shabbos and Yom Tif you have to have a meal, so you wash, you have to have bread, that's part of the meal. Is having bread on Purim an intrinsic part of the meal? And without getting into all the ins and outs, the bottom line is that it's definitely ideal to wash, but if somebody has a strong reason that they don't want to eat bread, if they're very sensitive to gluten or whatever it is, so then um, we, it's not an absolute requirement to wash for the Purim Suda, but what is an absolute requirement is to drink wine. So whereas when it comes to becoming drunk and how drunk, there's various opinions and there's various approaches to that mitzvah, but to ha- drink some wine is is, part, is the, the obligation of the mitzvah, and that's why um, that's based on the word mishta, which means to drink. So even if you're driving and even if whatever, sometime during Purim, you should make sure to have uh, l'chaim and drink some wine. Um, even if I'm driving? Well, even if you... Not Especially. while you're... Yeah, not while you're driving, I think. Sorry, I have to, <laughs> to correct myself. I'm Take a little be, bit of... I'm going to be uh, uh, sued over here. Make sure, to, <laughs> make sure to coordinate your driving in a way that you can drink some wine mm-hmm. um, and still drive safely. Maybe Thank you for the correction. What happens if you're tasked with getting the rabbi home? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> breathing the air should do it. Sending portions, monies is portions, foods to man to his his friend, umatonis davyonim and gifts to the poor. So these are three out of the four mitzvahs of Purim, mishnah v'simcha, the Purim feast, the mitzvah of mishlech monis, and the mitzvah of matonis davyonim. Give gifts to the poor, and of course the fourth mitzvah is to hear the Megillah. And interestingly enough, in uh, a number of, uh, of course, there are other things that we do on Purim. For example, the addition of Al Hanisim into the prayers, and the special Kriyas Hatayra, the laning that we do on Purim from Parshas Peshalach, which is the first record of Amalek, um, starting up with the Jews. It's interesting. I just saw yesterday for the first time an opinion in the Yerushalmi that Haman was not a biological. Um, descent of Amalek, sorry? What? Um, yeah, I was also surprised. The Amalek, the, the Yerushalmi says that the reason why the Megillah calls him Ben Hamdasa is not because he, w- he wasn't actually the son of Hamdasa, um, but because he behaved in accordance with Amalek, so we consider him to be sort of kind of like Amalek, which has a very interesting, I'm not, I, I, have, I can't say very much about it, but I, there's a, it, it's interesting because when we, it, the whole discussion in, 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 in this in, in, in our generation, about our uh, attitude towards the Germans, and um, 
um, what's it called, the re- re- rep- what's it called? reparations, mm-hmm. and buying German products. And another interesting shaila actually that's been discussed is, are we allowed to accept converts from Germany? Because if we consider the Germans to be Amalek, is it appropriate to take a convert from the nation of Amalek, or are we supposed to obliterate them? So it's interesting that according to the Yerushalmi, perhaps there is a sort of less rigid definition of Amalek, and you don't actually need to be a descendant. Anyway, it's just an interesting um, thing. And another thing, one of the myths, so, so sorry, so, so in, the, in the Rebbe's letters, the Rebbe encouraged us to encourage people to come to Shul for, to hear that Kriya Satera, to hear the Kriya Satera of Amalek. One of the reasons, I assume, is in accordance with the opinion of the Magan of Ram. I don't know if the Rebbe ever spelled out why he felt important that people come to hear the laning on Purim morning. I mean, not the laning of the Megil, the laning of the Sefer Torah. But I would assume that one of the reasons is um, because um, the Magan of Ram says that if a person missed Shabbos Zachary, missed the laning yesterday of remembering Amalek, so then he could... Um, fulfill his obligation by hearing um, the laning on Purim, so perhaps that was part of the Rebbe's uh, agenda, that of course on Shabbos it's hard to encourage people to come, um, because often that would include encouraging people to desecrate Shabbos, but on Purim you could encourage people to come to shul to hear the laning. Okay, so the the words of the Pasuk that are important to remember are Mishloech Manus Ishlereo, sending gifts to Manus' uh, portions, a uh, man to his friend, Matanus of and gifts to the poor. Um, sorry, there's another passage that I was supposed to quote here. Hold on. Um, okay, I'm, I think there's another passage also, but anyway. Um, so the Ramah says an interesting halacha. He says that if you give, so, so the mitzvah of Mishlach is to give gifts of food um, to one person. Yishlereo, a man to his friend, everybody should give a gift of two foods, monnois, it's plural, you should give portions, two foods, to, um, to somebody else. And um, for some reason it's become this religion that you have to give fancy packages with themed designs to everybody you know. And uh, in fact I even know somebody who shall remain anonymous, who's leaving town because his wife doesn't want to be have the <laughs> responsibility. Um, don't blush, because then people might know who it is. Because <laughs> um, she doesn't want to have the responsibility of um, giving gifts to all the people she knows, because she knows a lot of people. So I don't know why that minhag became. Um, but the halacha does say that it's preferable to spend more money or resources on matanis le'avyonim, on gifts to the poor, than on um, gifts of food to your friend. Um, but anyway, that's the mitzvah. And the mitzvah is to give two foods. Somehow there became a myth that you have to give foods with two brachas. Um, to the best of my knowledge, that's a complete myth. There's no, there's no basis for that. You have to give two food items. You can give beverage. I think, I think where there is a little bit of discussion is, can you give two drinks? If I give, you know, orange juice and wine, does that count as two or not? But you could definitely give one food item and a drink or two food items. And then, you know, the, if you give a cookie and a cake, is that two types or one type? I don't know. But if you give a cookie and an apple, then you're for sure good. Um, however, there is... Um, we'll see soon that um, one of the reasons to, of Mishlaich Manus is, is we give food to, to, to sort of facilitate p- people to fulfill the mitzvah of Sudas Purim, of the, of, the, of the Feast of Purim. So sort of all the mitzvahs of Purim are interlinked. So that's why the Paschim say that it is ideal to give 
um, not just any food, which of course you fulfill the mitzvah of any food, but to give something chashev, to give something, uh, you know, uh, good food. So, um, because because if you just give a piece of a- an apple and a wafer, then that doesn't really give anybody a, a feast. But if you give somebody a challah and some cold cuts, um, or uh, pack some cheese and, and orange juice, whatever, so then you have a nice, uh, a nice sudha to, to fulfill. And um, yeah, so if if you can do that with at least doesn't mean you have to give everybody that, but if you give one person that, and that's um, a good thing to do. Also, I should mention that we give mishloach manas after shachris, because the bracha that on shachiyonu that after you hear the megillah, that's when you give mishloach manas, because the bracha shachiyonu that we say in the megillah um, also applies to the other mitzvahs of the day. Um, and therefore, even if you're coming to shul with packages to give to people you meet in shul, you should wait to give it to them until after after davening. Okay, the Ramah says an interesting halacha. He says that if you give mashleich um, manas to somebody and he does not accept it, he says, no, thank you, um, uh, then uh, you still fulfill the mitzvah of mashleich manas. So, for example, if you give somebody a very expensive bottle of scotch and you said, I'm sorry, my doctor told me I'm not allowed to drink anymore, I don't want to waste um, your thing, or you give him a fancy cake and he says, I'm gluten-free, so then you fulfill the mitzvah. And this is where the pasuk comes from. You can have your cake and eat it. Um, so you fulfill the mitzvah of, of giving mishleich manas, even if he does not accept it. If so someone gives you, are you obligated to give them back? You're not obligated to give them back. Okay. Um, Would your wife agree with that? Um, <laughs> that's my wife. <laughs> Just hypothetically. <laughs> In fact, um, my daughters give you the same. I know somebody who's not a wife of anybody at this table um, who, um, who, who put um, she put three baskets outside her front door on Purim you know the story and it said um, one of them was a, pa- a basket full of Mishleich Monas packages mm-hmm. and it said no one of them was, was an empty basket and it said oh you didn't have to but thank you so much, I'm sorry we missed you. And like, you leave Mishleich Manas there. Mm-hmm. And then there was another package which said, you know, please take one of these, and that was an adult Mishleich Manas, for mm-hmm. anybody who delivered one to take one from that basket. Mm-hmm. And the third basket was one with kids Mishleich Manas, and if you brought for one of her kids, then you were supposed to take one back from the kids one. The, it was a very good idea. The best part of the idea was that she wasn't actually, hadn't actually gone anywhere. She just, she was stayed home and wasn't interested in opening the door and entertaining people. So she had her automatic Mishleich Manas <laughs> autopilot. <coughs> anyway, so the Chassam Soifa has a tshuva where he discusses why should this be? Why should, what, since when do we have such a thing that you try to do a mit, like, why should you fulfill the mitzvah of Mishleich Manas if you do not, um, if, if the person doesn't accept it? So he says, well, it, th- this would depend on the two reasons that we find for the mitzvah of Mishleich Manas. The first reason is the v- reason of the Trumas Hadashan. Trumas Hadashan, Rabbi Yisrael Yisraelish, is that right? Who um, was a Rishon, one of the very important halacha, early halachas <coughs> for him. And he says that the reason for Mishleich Manas is the reason which I mentioned before, that you have to give, um, p- help people to prepare for their Suda. And the Chassam Soifa says that according to that reason, you indeed would not fulfill your obligation because if he doesn't accept it, then he doesn't have any food for the Suda. Now, that doesn't me actually mean to say that uh, you only fulfill Mishalech Manus if you give the person Mishalech Manus and he uses that for his Suda. But at least he has to be able to use it for his Suda. And actually, I should mention that based on this, um, 
on this Trumas uh, the Paschum say that Mishlech Manas has to be food that's ready to eat. You can't give somebody raw meat from Mishlech Manas. Um, it has to be food that's ready to eat. So if you consider cold cuts, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but. Can you get my gift card to a restaurant? You can, but you're a lot for fully mitzvah. Cold, sure. ah. <laughs> huh? cold cuts are raw? Um, I don't know how are cold cuts they're made. They're edible. They're edible. They're meat. They're ready they're to go. Edible. Anyway, the point they're is. They're ha- not cooked, they're, they're preserved. They're completely cooked and they're preserved. Oh, yeah? Oh, they yeah, are. They're edible. But there is also. Bil- there is biltong, which is raw meat. Mm-hmm. And sushi, which is raw fish, but that was the chayyur be considered edible. Um, so it's not about cooked. It's, it's, about it's not about cooked. It's about ready to eat. It has to be um, ready to eat. If you want a new chumrah, um, you could say that you can't. You have to give a peeled orange. You can't just give the orange. No, I don't think so. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay. Now then, that, so that's one. Uh, there's one. There's an, here's another reason. Keep my hands on my back, and then you have to feed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, then there's another. So that's one reason for the mitzvah of Mishleich Manus. There's another reason from the Sefer Manus Halevi. The author of the Manus Halevi was Rabbi Shlomo Alkabatz, who is famous to us for being the author of the Chodaydi, the song that we sing on Friday night, the Chodaydi, Rabbi Shlomo Halevi Alkabatz. And if you actually look at the words of the Chodaydi, Talmud of the Real Kabbalist, that's right. And um, if you look at the Chadoidi, you'll notice that the acronym spells out Shin Lamed Mem Hey Hey Lamed Vav Yod. That's Shloima Halevi, right? So Shloima Halevi wrote a commentary on Megillus Esther called Monis Halevi, and he explains that um, Haman says to Mordechai. Sorry, Haman says to Achashverosh, Yesh Noi Am Echad Mefuzar Umefoyrad. There is one nation which is spread out and separated and, and spread out and uh, dispersed amongst your country. But the word Mephorid also means separated. So he says the reason for the Gzeira of Haman was because the Jews lacked Achtos. They weren't, they weren't behaving together. And that's why when Esther says to, to Mordechai, Mordechai says to Esther in the beginning of chapter 4, um, to go and plead with Achashverosh, and she says, I can't because I haven't been called for 30 days. And at the very end of chapter 4, when Esther concedes to go, she says to Mordechai, Leich Kanois is Kala Yehudim, go and gather, gather all the Jews to prayer. But Kanois means to gather, bring the Jews together, and through the Achtos of Klal Yisrael, that will be the merit through which we will um, uh, um, be saved from this decree. So therefore, the Manus HaLevi says, and this is the Pasuk that I was looking for before, I think it's actually more implicit in one of the Pesukim, that the mitzvah of Mishloach Manus is there laharbois reyos. The mitzvah of Mishloach Manus is to generate um, friendship. That's why some people have a custom to give Mishlaich Manus to people who may feel offended or may, you know, dafka to look for somebody if there's somebody who, hopefully there's nobody who, you, yeah, but if there's somebody who has a little bit of a faribu, like they say, so then that's a good person to give Mishlaich Manus to because that's the, fa- the, fa- the, the, the point of the mitzvah is to generate um, friendship and um, affinity. So the Chassam Seifer says that according to that reason, um, you could, um, uh, you, that, that's why the Ramah says that you go to the mitzvah, even if you give it to somebody and he doesn't accept, because just, you know, it's the thought that counts. So the thought that counts, genera- that generates the friendship. You know, this goes with the, um, very, I think, powerfully with the, the message of, uh, of uh, Purim as a day like, like uh, Yom Kippur, right. um, where uh, prior to the Yom Kippur, we have to ask forgiveness, and it's right. a very harsh kind of a thing. 
but Purim atones through festivity, right, as opposed to right. through the, 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 the deep uh, uh, um, reckoning right. really of, of Yom Kippur, precisely. Uh, and, and, and that's an example of this, I think. Yeah, it's there, in Hilchish Yom Kippur. We, we can obtain the same as through, as through the... Exactly, in Hilchish Yom Kippur, it says that the reason you have to ask forgiveness before Yom Kippur is so that when, the, because when we all come to Yom Kippur together without any, uh, uh, how do you call it, between us, so then we are, then our tefillahs will be accepted, hmm. right? And that is uh, the, the, the source for, the source for what you're saying. I believe uh, <coughs> I think it's in the Kudin Zayah that says that, Pur- that Purim is like Yom Kippur. Al Tereba actually says the opposite, that Yom Kippur is like Purim, but that's a it's another discussion. It's like almost like now in Yom Kippur you're making up for what you've done, and then but this is much more of a proactive, like you're actually creating a friendship. Like you fix the damage in Yom Kippur, but now you're actually going to the next level of creating a connection. Well, I think that that's interesting because I think in general, the, the even though we have this connection between Yom Kippur and Purim, they're very different. Yom Kippur is specifically by um, refraining from eating, etc., etc., and Purim is specifically the most "quote unquote" indulgent time in the Jewish calendar. So uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of. Uh, I prefer the indulgence. <laughs> <laughs> The Kippurim, the Kippurim, that emphasis is the that Zoya doesn't say that. It's that I'm up. The Zoya says that Purim is like Yom Kippur, and that's why it's called Kippurim. But the Alter Rebbe's Medayik that actually it's Yom Kippur that's like Purim. That Purim is higher in a way, because. Um, yeah, that's right. That's why. It's, that's that's why people who are crazy are only like crazy. But uh, you know the I don't know the song. Is this one. Hagurim, Hagurim, Hagadol, so there's actually an interesting Shiloh which sometimes, w- w- if you give Mishloich Manus anonymously, do you fulfill the mitzvah? Yeah, let's say you, you left it outside his door and, and, and he, you forgot to leave your card, do you fulfill the mitzvah? So if the mitzvah reason is because you need to have food for your suda, so yes, food for your suda. If the reason is to generate friendship, well, it doesn't generate friendship even if he doesn't know who gave it to him. Okay, then there's another question when it comes to Mishloich Manus is the, the, this is known as the Chumrah of the Aruch Laner, the Mishnah Burra brings it. Um, where he says, well, sorry, 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 sorry. Um, go back. Um, the the Aruch Lener suggests another reason for the, this strange ruling of the Ramah that you fulfill the mitzvah even if he doesn't accept. He says because the pasuk says mishloyach to send gift to send food. I don't say to give food. Like when it comes to matanos avyonim, the money says matanot. Ma, the root of matanot is matan to give, right? When it comes to money, you have to give the money to the poor people. When it comes to the portions, it says to send the gifts. So he says that's why this is sort of without a reason. He just says the pasuk indicates that you fulfill the mitzvah even if he doesn't accept it because your mitzvah is to send it. And then the Binyan Tzin goes on to say um, that uh, we've discussed, we've mentioned the Dorech Lener and the Binyan Tzin many times. His name was Rabbi Yaakov Yukov Etlinger. He was a in Germany and uh, very... Um, Influential figure, so he says that it's an interesting word. This mishloach, you have to send um, gifts. 
Um, and why why doesn't it just say to give? And he sa- he he says that perhaps there's a specific that you, in order to fulfill the mitzvah, you have to send it through an agent. You can't just give the person the gift of food. You have to um, give somebody else the gift to hand over mm-hmm. to him. Now, why would that be? Have you never heard of this? No, yeah. it's a halacha, no? So it's a, a halacha. The Erechlaner is one of the first people who come up with it. And in fact, the Maria Asad, the Talmud of the Chassam Sofer, he, independently of the Erechlaner, somebody else suggested the same thing to him. And he says that it's, I, I find this preposterous to, you know, like, I, w- w- Julius wasn't born yesterday and I've never heard of such a thing. And he says, he says, I'm willing, he, he, the Maria Asad does say, I'm willing to accept that it's better to do it through an agent. Um, and the reason why it would be better, he doesn't. I don't know if this is discussed. But I think sort of why why is it better to give Mishnah through an agent? Because I think it's sort of more of a fanfare. It's not like oh here you go. It's like oh you know I have a package for you. Your friend so and so asked me to come and deliver this package. So it sort of creates more of a fanfare and an atmosphere around the giving of Mishnah Monas. The Maisel Mishnah Buru brings it and it is customary. It's not an. I would not say that's a loch that's a must, but it definitely is customary. Again, not for every Mishnah Monas that you give, but for the mitzvah. One. You give, and you often see, you'll see in shul after davening, I'll come to Yaakov Wangor and I say, would you please give this to the Ankulish or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and that's in order to fulfill this uh, thing. There's actually a question, well, if you say you need an agent, does it have to be, oh, in other areas of halacha, oh. when you say you need an agent, so it has to be a kosher shliach, it has to be a Jew, it has to be somebody who's over bar mitzvah, can I give my child to give? Right, so that's also a discussion. Do you have to give? Does the agent who delivers the Mishleach Manas have to be a kosher shliach? Can you FedEx Mishleach Manas? You can order from Amazon now to your house, a uh, bag of, uh, you know, uh, whatever. So um, so all of those things are discussed. And the, the bottom line is that we're not so machmer about this. And uh, it's a nice idea to give it to an agent, but we don't need to, uh, you know. If it's okay. Um, that's a versus Rebbe. Uh, I don't know the history, but it definitely would make sense that he is. The Adarach was, I think, one of the first. Of, I think he he's, he was very active in 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 the battle against the reform movement. And I think he was one of the first rabbanim who had a college degree. Um, I think, but he he was a very pro- he wrote some very prominent for him also on specifically on Hilchus. Purim and on Hilch, on, on, uh, one of his most famous is first of all, Adarach Lanar is commentary on Shas, on, on, not on the whole Shas, but on many Mesechtas. He has Sukkah, Yomar, Rosh Hashanah, so all the Yom Tevim of Tishrei. He has Sanhedrin, uh, Shavuos, Makas, Yevamas, I think. Um, so, so he has that's a very important work. Then he also has the, the, the uh, uh, he one a lot of the halachas of Sukkah. Um, I forget what the sefer is called, Bikuri Yaakov. Where he where where he talks a lot of the halachas of Arab Minim and Sukkah, he's the sort of one who really sort of got to the bottom of it and the, made a clarity of it. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Matanas Levyanim, starting a new a new phase in the class. So, the mitzvah Matanas Levyanim is to give gifts of money to poor people. So the Gemara says, above Metziah, 
Magbis Purim the Purim. The money that's collected for Purim has to be used on Purim. Has to be given to the poor people on Purim. The Ein Medaktik and Bedover were not specific about it. You buy a lot of meat, uh, means calves, you, you shech them, you eat them, and if there's leftovers, you, the leftovers will go to Tzedakah. So Rashi explains this Gemara to be saying that the money which the money collectors save on behalf, collect on behalf of the poor people for, on behalf of the poor people for Sudas Purim, and here we see that there's this idea that the the matanos the gifts to poor people is also intended to help them um, fulfill the suda of Purim, right? So that's an important. It, when you learn Rashi Gemara Rashi, you have to be able to read every single word, and sometimes Rashi will say something in passing, and um, it, it, it's a very important word. So he says they're giving out. Could have just said to give out money to poor people for Purim. He adds in the word lasudas Purim, and. So one of the one of the ide- reasons for the mitzvah matanos davyanim is to help the poor people have the food of Purim. Uh, and now, the, so there is actually going to be overlap between these two mitzvahs of mishloach and matanos and there is actually discussion in the pesukim if you give the gift of food to a poor person, do you fulfill both mitzvahs, mm-hmm. two birds with one stone? Um, there's a story in the Gemara about Ravina Barabai, no, Abai Baravina, Two Amiroim who would switch on Purim, they would, every year they would, well, there's two opinions. Does it mean that they would just sit down to the Suda and then switch plates with each other? Or does it mean that he would invite him to his house one year and the next year he would invite him back? And there's much discussion in the Rishonim. Was that their way of fulfilling Mishlayach Manas? Was that the way of fulfilling Matanas Nav Yonim? Because they were both poor. Or was it, um, was it both? Uh, there's, there's a lot of this sort of overlap. Um, so what, what does this Gemara mean? Rashi says, the money that the Gaboim collect for the poor people, for the Suda of Purim, should all be given to the to the poor people for Purim. The Gemara says, we're not... Uh, we're not meticulous, I guess, about it. And Rashi says, what does it mean you're not particular? You don't say, oh, well, they don't really need so much money, so why should I give them all the money for Purim? Let's leave over some of the money for the needs of the poor people for the coming weeks and months. No, you don't say that. Money that's collected for Purim has to all be given to the poor people of Purim. There is actually the opinion of the tour based on the Gemara that the poor person has to use all the money on Purim, but that is not the accepted halacha, the Shulchan Aruch, and all the The poor person who receives the money can do whatever he wants with it, but our obligation is to give all the money that comes in to the poor people on Purim. Um... Now, this is the first, when we're trying to understand what the mitzvah matanus of Yenim is, here's our first indicator that this is not just the regular mitzvah of tzedakah. Because when it comes to the regular mitzvah of tzedakah, um, the halacha is that the gaboim, those who have been appointed to collect the money for the poor people, so they could do with the money as they see fit. If they see that there's already enough money, they collected money for... I don't know, they collected money for, uh, to help somebody have surgery, and they have enough money, and that's it. Or let's say, they, let's say they, they raised money to help somebody with legal fees, right? 
and they've given the guy ten thousand dollars. And now they have another two thousand dollars, so they could give it to help continue helping him pay the legal fees, or they have the prerogative, this is the halacha, if they've been appointed by the community to be in charge of distributing the funds. So they have the prerogative to say, no, well, we're actually going to use the leftover money to help another family buy food for Shabbos, right? Mm-hmm. So they give it straight to the work. <laughs> so, um, so, um, <laughs> so the. How do you call it? So, 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 so here, f- from the fact that the Gemara says that the money from Purim can't be changed over, to, can't be used for anything else, all has to be given to them in Purim, that's our first indicator that the mitzvah of Matanas of Yonim is not just the regular mitzvah of Tzedakah. What I mean by that is like this there's two ways to understand the mitzvah of Purim, and now we're going to see various sources that indicate different ways, and we'll see what the, there are numerous. I started making myself a list. And I came to 12, 11 differences between, practical differences between these two ways of understanding it, and probably there's more. Um, and there's two ways to understand the mitzvah of Matonis Lavionim. One way to understand it is, there is a general mitzvah to give tzedakah. There's no, there's not a time-bound mitzvah. You always have to give tzedakah, right? Now, how much do you have to give? That's a whole thing. One of the, the mitzvah of Purim is that that mitzvah which you have all year round to give tzedakah, you have to fulfill it on Purim. So yeah, there's a custom to give tzedakah before davening, right? That's a custom. So the mitzvah of tzedakah is always a custom. You should give tzedakah before davening. So when it comes to Purim, one way, this is the way the Prichadish and others understand the mitzvah of Matanus of Yonim, that you have a mitzvah to give tzedakah before or on Purim. And another way to understand it is not no. This is actually a separate mitzvah, um, unrelated, unre- but not. It's not the mitzvah of tzedakah. It's a separate mitzvah that on Purim you have to give gifts of money to poor people. And we'll see soon a number of very practical uh, applications of this difference. So it might sound a little bit mm-hmm. vague or not tangible, but as the, as the class goes on, you will hit, see some differences. Now, then there is another. So, so, so the key word over here in the Gemara that we're focusing on right now are the words that we're not meticulous about it and which Rashi explained to mean that we give the, mo- the poor people all the money that came in and we don't say, oh well they already have enough money so we'll keep this money for further needs of the poor people um, the Ritva brings from the Yerushalmi the famous um, expression famous uh, yeah. Okay, let, let me read it in English then before I. Um, so he says like this The Yushami says, We're not particular about the money of Purim, rather, anybody who stretches out his hand to give, to take, we give them. Um, Meaning to say, we don't analyze whether or not this person is a poor person and he's indeed fit to be meka- to take tzedakah. But anybody who asks for money, we give them. Because the reason for the, this mitzvah is not only, is not merely um, because of the mitzvah of tzedakah. Rather, this is part of the simcha of Purim, is to give gifts of money. Um, as we find that there's a mitzvah to give mishloich manas, which is not only, to, which is even to rich people. And he finishes off by saying that both are true. That when the Gemara says, Ein medaktikim bedava, both are true. So what the Ritva is saying is like this. The Gemara says, Ein medaktikim bedava, we're not meticulous about the money of Purim. This means two things. Number one, even if he already has enough, you still you don't say, oh, well, he has enough, I'll keep it, like Rashi said. But there's also an additional meaning. Usually, <coughs> when somebody asks you for tzedakah, so not, any, not, not everybody is entitled to, to take tzedakah. 
you're only entitled to take tzedakah if you really need the money. Yes, for a green card. Well, right, so now we have the system of the green card. And the truth is, like we discussed in the tzedakah class, if you're giving the guy a dollar, it's not necessarily worth your time to start investigating, right? But usually you don't just give anybody tzedakah. You have to know that there's a legitimate need. When it comes to Purim, even somebody who doesn't have the green card, on Purim you give everybody. We're not with Dr. Why? So the Ritva says the reason for this is simple. And similar to what I said before from Mimonis Alevi about Mishloach Manus, says the reason for the mitzvah Matanus of Yoinim is Lahar by Simcha to generate uh, friendship, to generate um, happiness, Simcha. So he says, therefore, even if the person is not really deserving of tzedakah, you still give him. If he asks, you give him. And that also says that the Ritva says there is a double meaning. When the Gemara says the words Eimedaktikim, we're not meticulous about it. There is a double meaning. You're not meticulous about it to see if he already has enough. You give him all the money that you collected. And you're also not meticulous to see, does he deserve tzedakah? If he asks for tzedakah, um, you give him. So already here we see that the Ritva is saying that the mitzvah of Matanas of Yenim is not just the mitzvah of tzedakah. Because if it was just the mitzvah of tzedakah, then you only give to the poor person. To somebody who you know to be legitimately poor and in need of the money. But because it's not just tzedakah, it's also the ritva sort of has it, has it both ways. It's not just tzedakah, it's also simcha. So therefore, you give even to, um, to, to anybody who asks. I thought you were just supposed to give to guys named Mordechai. Uh, <laughs> but <coughs> sorry. Now, so the Bach says So I told you there was told you, so that so we've already discussed one one practical ramification of the, the, right? It's not just that you have to do the mitzvah of tzedakah and Purim. There's an additional mitzvah of Matanas of Yenim. The first practical ramification is that um, whether or not you investigate the poor person. Right? That's the first practical ramification. So, whereas the whole year, the year round, you're perfectly legitimate if you only give the dollar, your money tzedakah to people who come with the green cards. On Purim, you have to give to everybody. And in fact, the halach is that even, and again, as we seem to constantly be revisiting this topic over the last few weeks, I don't want to get, get too sidetracked, but the halach is that even if a guy asks you for money on Purim, you should give him. The, 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 the idea of Eimedakikimbo, that, that is... <coughs> is that anywhere in, like, do you see that anywhere in the Megillah, or is it based on a Pasuk? Or no, so that's not the Mahalach, it's Yushalmi and Nebavli. Okay, yeah, but... No, I don't, it's not. It's not anywhere. So, so it's, as far as I know, it's it's but it, but it's it's kind of like a svar because be, because the whole thing is about that's the way the that's, that's the way the ritva explains it. In fact, there is. I'm trying to see if I wrote this down in my notes later, but there is. There is the. Um, there is a question when you say that anybody who stretches out their hand to ask, um, you give, is that a chumrah or kula? In other words, the normative way of understanding is that it's a chumrah. That anybody who asks you for money, you have to give them money, even if you don't even if you don't inquire as to the their eligibility. Um, there is a alternative way of understanding that actually it's a kula. 
that you could fulfill your mitzvah of matanus davyonim, even if you don't actually know if the person you gave the money to is poor, you're not obligated to to um, to uh, to, inv- to investigate. You could give, and if he asks, you fulfilled your mitzvah. But according to that way of understanding it, you wouldn't actually be ob- once you've given, then you've given. You're not obligated to give everybody else. But the normative way of understanding is that you should, and again. Prepare yourself, have some dollar bills or some five dollar bills or you know, some coins, whatever your budget is. Prepare some money to be able um, to give out. It's interesting, in different places in London, Purim is the, is, you're constantly meeting people and people are collecting for, for themselves and for Moistus and for people go around doing the spiels and it's, it's, a, you know, it's a central bus station of people collecting money. Um, and and people come travel from the, and now it's quietened down. But when I was a child, people would travel from around the world to come to London for Purim. It was like a, a thing. In Chicago, it's not. I mean, you have, but it's it's nowhere near to the same extent that they have in in, in England and in other places that have been. Um, so those who hold that it's the Prichadosh, for example, who says that the mitzvah of Matanas Yevyanim just means that you have to do the mitzvah of Tzedakah on Purim, <coughs> he would probably have to say that Imedaktik and Bedover is a kula. But that's not the normative approach. Well, it's hard to find an Evian, right? Okay, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Poor man, poor cotton. Sorry. The obligation. No. Both days, just no. poor. Just on poor. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, sure, sure, sure. No, 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 no. Just on poor. Yeah. Well, but that's an important. Uh, there is. That's going to be one of the ramifications I'm going to get to. Hopefully, let's try and stick to the thing. Okay. So now another practical ramification is: What about a poor person? Does a poor person have to give matanas levyanim? Right? So if the mitzvah matanas just means you have to give tzedakah, well, a poor person doesn't have to give very much tzedakah. A poor person has to give tzedakah once a year, and it's a very minimal amount. Right? If you can't afford, if you can somebody who absolutely can't afford tzedakah, he still has the mitzvah of tzedakah, but he has to give a very minimal amount once a year. Right? So does a poor person have to give matanas levyonim? So the prichadosh. Well, that Kamar you mentioned, right? That's one. Yes, that's one of the relevant sources, um, but. So the Primogodim says, I don't understand. He says, the Prichad is very strange Prichadish. He says, a poor person has to give Mishloach Manus, but he doesn't have to give Matanas Avyonim. And the, the Primogodim says, it seems topsy turvy. Why should he have to give one and not the other? If he's obligated to one, that means he's part of the mitzvah of Purim. He was saved by the miracle of Purim. So why shouldn't he have to give both? But the way the Achernim explain it is that um, the reason why the Prichadish says that is because the Prichadish holds that the mitzvah of Matanas Avyonim is just to give tzedakah and Purim. If you're not obligated in the mitzvah of tzedakah, then you don't need to give it. If you're obligated to give it to the so then you have to do it on Purim. Right? But, again, the normative approach and we, uh, is the, the Bach and the Taz, Paskin, that a poor person does have to give Matonus Lev Yoinim, and I believe that the Achreinim do... Yes? Um, the Achreinim do mention, point out, that you ca- a poor person can fulfill the mitzvah of Matonus Lev Yoinim by giving his friend money and his friend giving his own money back to him. And you might ask that this seems a little bit of an exercise in futile. What's the point of it? It's like you're taking money out of one pocket and putting it into the other. But, sorry? Have what people do today when they get Mishlach Mano, from what I hear. Yeah, no, but the, po- but the idea of Mishlach Manus is to generate friendship. So you give me food, I give back food, and it becomes uh, a thing, right? But if Matanas Evyonim is to give money to a needy person, so if you have two needy people, so he gives him $5 and he gives him $5 back, what have you accomplished? So I haven't seen this anywhere, but I, I think I did see it somewhere about something else, and I'm sort of applying it to this idea that there's an importance to. Uh, 
create ourselves the, the, the consciousness and the habit of giving tzedakah. And therefore, even when you can't afford to give tzedakah, you have to do things that make sure that tzedakah remains part of your uh, DNA or part of your natural way of behavior, right? Did give the, <coughs> the other person who may not have had the tzedakah to begin with, the, who gave the $5 to the guy and gave it back, you gave that other person a chance to do the mitzvah. That's true, that could be. Um, but I do think there is because because we're having now a Monday night that I'll make a plug for my tzedakah class. We have a Monday night at tzedakah class every Monday at eight fifteen, and when we as we get further into the mitzvah of tzedakah, you'll see there's a lot of strange things. So, for example, Steve, one of the questions you've asked on the Monday night class a few times is what about tuition? Now, the halacha is that tuition you can't pay tuition for my money because it's your obligation to pay tuition at least in most cases. Some cases you can't. It depends how old the child is, and it's exactly what the different parts of the you know you, you the dormitory costs can come from tuition, whatever. But one of the quote unquote workarounds that I've seen suggested is that you could make up with the the school that let's say I I, I need to give you a thousand dollars for tuition this month, so you make up with them. I want you to give me a disc. I'm going to give you a donation of eight hundred dollars, and I want you to give me a discount on tuition that I should only have to pay two hundred dollars, right? What? Okay, I'm not getting into the legalities of it, and I, however it's, it's stipulated illegally, I don't know. But the, po- the point of it halakhically is that, um, that, that you're still giving the same $1,000, but because you've sort of framed it as I'm giving you an $800 donation and you're giving me a cut on the tuition, so my $800 can come from my some money. Now, what's the point? Okay, so I'm not. Okay, I. Okay, okay. It goes without saying that you shouldn't do anything illegal and make sure you speak yeah, to a lawyer and your accountant. There, I, that's not. That's the. the, the <laughs> okay. Don't do anything illegal. It's very clear, <laughs> very simple. Um, don't worry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the halachas of my sir, it's a, right, that, I'm going to send a recording of this class to my lawyer. <laughs> um, don't do anything illegal, right? But the point is that I th- feel like there's a lot of these sort of workarounds that we're trying to say that you could still do the mitzvah of tzedakah properly. And I think that part of it is that, yes, we rec- we're realistic and we recognize the fact that you may currently be in a position where you can't afford to do it properly, but at least do these workarounds so that you still giving miser is still it doesn't sort of fall off your agenda and then you then then you become like oh yeah whatever i don't do that and then, then even when you can afford it you stop doing it because because it, you've sort of fallen out of the habit so perhaps that's you know that's one way of understanding this uh, idea um now the mitzvah of um Another thing that we learn out from this word of the Yerushalmi, anybody who stretches out their hand, um, you give them. The Chidah brings in Mirka Yosef, and even though the mitzvah is to give to two poor people, so Mishlech Manus you have to give to one person, like I mentioned before, even though the Minah is to give to thousands of people, the mitzvah is to only give to one. Um, the Matanas of the mitzvah is to give to two, and the Chidah says that from this expression of the Gemara, anybody who, who requests money you give to, you see that the bare minimum of the mitzvah is two, but included in the mitzvah is to give to anybody. So it's almost topsy-turvy from what we do, yeah? Usually, Matanas of you come after davening and you give the rabbi the thing and you ask him to distribute it on your behalf, and then you spend your whole day delivering Mishleich Manas. But actually, the spirit of the mitzvah is a contrary. Mishleich Manas, you give to somebody. Um, actually, I think there are some, I believe the rabbi had the minute to give Mishleich Manas to a Kayan Levi and Israel. 
Um, but uh, but um, you like that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but 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 the, but the chidah brings on the mitzvah matanos of yoinim. The minimum is to give to two people, but the mitzvah matanos of yoinim is to give to as many people as possible. Okay. Um, does anybody have a pen handy? Thank you. I just want to sort of check off what I've said from my notes over here, so I don't need to. Okay, then there is an important Magen Avram. And again, we're going back to this question, is Matanus Levyonim just do the mitzvah of Tzedakah on Purim, or is it in a separate mitzvah? So the Magen Avram says, so th- th- there is a halacha that in general, you're not allowed to fulfill a mi- uh, so anything that's your obligation, you can't fulfill for money of maisa, right? I have an obligation, let's say, to buy my son tefillin, right? So I can't use my maisa money to buy him tefillin. Right? If I'm buying filling for somebody who can't afford it, so then that's tzedakah. Yeah, I, I could use that for my maisa money. But to buy my son, who I have an obligation to buy, that I can't use maisa money for. You can't use your maisa money to buy a lul of an esrug. You have an obligation to buy a lul of an esrug, you can't use maisa money for that. Says the Magen of Ram, you can't use maisa money for matanah zevyenim. Because the, you have a mitzvah to give matanah zevyenim, so you can't use maisa money for that. So... So, um, so if you would say like the prechadosh or the mitzvah is to give tzedakah and purim, then why shouldn't you use maaser money for it? Mm-hmm. So again, we see the magen avraham. The the the, the, the is that the mitzvah is not just to give tzedakah and purim. There is uh, a mitzvah in its own right to give matanos levyonim, and that's why you cannot use maaser money for it. I should add that the magen avraham himself adds that. You, the restriction against using maizah money is only for the primary mitzvah. In other words, you have to give m- poor money yeah. to two people. Those first two people that you give to has to come from your own um, okay. your own pocket. If you choose to fulfill the mitzvah in the better way by giving tzedakah to many people throughout the day of Purim, that rest of the, all the rest of that money that can come from maizah. So, if you're do- donating the money to the community fund, does that satisfy? you've given it to two people. Yeah, because that, that, that money is, is, is separated to more than two people. But, but so you don't literally have to give it to two people. Yeah, you could ask somebody else to give it on your behalf. But, um, but if you're giving... So, 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 that, so that's another... So, so then... Okay, I'll, I'll go back to that in a second. How much do you have to... How much matana sevyonim do you have to give? So usually, the mitzvah of tzedakah, you give any amount of money, you fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah, you give... Uh, there's a discussion, mamish, if it's a pruta. If you give somebody a dime, it's, uh, you for sure fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah, right? So how much do you have to give for matanos levyonim? So um, the paskim say, the, 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 the primogodim, for example, says that lechatchila, you, ha- you have to give a, 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 a chash of a gift, something that he should be able to do something with it on Purim. So in today's day and age, you can't do anything with a dime. Um, and therefore, you have to give at least a few dollars, something that you should be able to. He says something that he should be able to buy food with, right? And that's why he says also you shouldn't give matanas of yonim clothes, even though you, we've learned in the tzedakah class. If you give, you could fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah by giving somebody a suit, yeah. Uh, but um, you can't fulfill the mitzvah of matanas of yonim at least by giving somebody clothes. The mitzvah of matanas of yonim is to give either food to a poor person or cash, because cash you could do something, and not just any amount of cash, but cash that he could actually do something significant with. So, and if you look in this forum today, they're all, some of them get very carried away with exactly how much do you have to give and what's the average cost of a meal, and is it $5 or $10 or $7 or 50 you know, whatever. I can't give you an exact number, but, um, but definitely um, you should give 
matanis lev yoinim. As I, I don't know, I don't want to give you a number, whatever, five dollars, at least something that's that thing. So, coming back to your question, if you put a hundred dollars, let's say, for Matanus Yoinim in the community fund and you ask the rabbi to uh, distribute that on Purim to two people on your behalf, so you should make sure, let's say, you want to do the mitzvah Matanus Yoinim, you want to give ten dollars each, right? So, you should make sure that out of those hundred dollars, twenty dollars is coming from your personal pocket because that's the primary mitzvah and that can't come from Meiser money. So, ten dollars to each. And then the additional eighty dollars that can come from my money, clear? Okay. Um, by the way, what happens if the poor person is not collecting himself? He sends somebody else to collect for him. So here we come a flip round. If you say that kolapoisha tiyad is a chumra, anybody who collects, who's asking, you have to give. Even if you have, yeah. So then not necessarily do you have to give it to the agent. Because the idea is that, why do you have to give to anybody who asks? Because you're generating simcha for him. You're not generating simcha, he doesn't know, right? If, if, mm. if the poor person sends a shliach to ask you for money and you don't give, that's not going to diminish in his simcha. He doesn't know who gave and how much everybody gave. Whereas if you uh, say... guy's going around collecting for a mostos or something. So that's not really him. Yeah, so I don't know if that's uh, strictly speaking included in Kalapashi's cut. Yeah, what? <laughs> his cut, cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets a percentage of it. But if you say it's a kula, that even that, 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 that you fulfill the mitzvah even without investigating, so then you have to give even to somebody who comes with an agent. Okay, that's another difference. Um, another, okay, this is a bit technical. Um, another question is do. Does the person receiving the money, this is not usually common practice, but some have suggested that in order to, because we say the mitzvah is to generate simcha, so the person receiving the money has to know who it's coming from, even though usually in tzedakah we say there's an advantage to give it anonymously. Um, some suggest that with the mitzvah matanus avyanim, there's a specific advantage not to give it uh, anonymously, because then that generates friendship and simcha when you know it's mm. that you gave him the money. The maisa, nowadays for sure, many people. Um, especially in American society, are not comfortable receiving money from people who they know, and giving it anonymously is the more, um, more often than not, is the more accom- uh, um, accommodating thing. And I actually, I've been busy thinking the last few days as a certain uh, neighbor of ours, actually, who I want to give some money to on Purim, and I've been thinking how to give it to them. And I decided that because I well, she would, yeah. yeah, but I know that she wouldn't be happy to she would she would be embarrassed to accept it. So I came up with the thing that I that I have a f- I'm going to give her money and I'll tell her that I have a fund for people who are between jobs, and this is from the fund. Uh, I don't really have such a fund, but in order to to let her take the money in a respectable way, that is a legitimate um, story for me to tell her. And halachically, that's perfectly... Wait, wait, why would that not be? A, what would be the suffix about such a thing? Well, the suffix would be... Well, there's two... Well, one thing is that I'm saying, even though she doesn't know she doesn't know who the money's coming from, and you still fulfill the mitzvah. And second of all, it's not true. I don't have such a fund. So I'm saying that halachically, even though it's not true, it's still permissible to... As halachos of lying? Yeah, as halachos of lying. I you're, oh, but not, nothing to do with matanas levyonim. It's also matanas levyonim because... You're creating the fund that second. Because because the whole thing about Tanis Love is I'm creating a connection with you or whatever I'm creating. There is such a suggestion made. Okay. Okay. Um, now there's a very interesting thing. I mentioned before that you give Mishnah Manas after the Megillah. Why do you give Mishnah Manas after the Megillah? Because the Shachayano on the Megillah 
goes on the other mitzvahs of Purim. Now, if you look carefully, remember I told you before when you read the Rashi, you have to read every word. So we didn't read the Morgan Avram, you also have to read every word. So the Morgan Avram says that when you make Shechiona on the Megillah, you should have in mind that this mitzvah goes on Mishlech Manus and on Sudas Purim. But he doesn't say that it goes on Matanus Avyonim. So, some say that he just, he just means that it goes on the other mitzvahs of the day. But those who want to argue that the mitzvah of Matanus Avyonim is just that you have to give Matanus Avyonim, you have to do the mitzvah of Tzedakah on Purim, so then we understand why there's no Shachiyonu, because Shachiyonu is a mitzvah which you only do from time to time. Um, the mitzvah of Tzedakah, you do every day. Uh, or you do every so often, however often you do it, right? But there's no Shechayonu on the mitzvah of Tzedakah because you do it any day. Okay, that's a bit of a sort of a, a lavdash uh, question. Another thing, and this is important for people who are traveling or people who do have to go to work or whatever, what happens if a person um, does not, um, a person's not home, for example, so he calls his wife and he says, give for me as well. So do you fulfill um, the mitzvah that way? Right, so you could argue that you actually have to give matan. If the mitzvah is just tzedakah, so what's the difference? She's giving on your behalf tzedakah. That's fine. But if the mitzvah, like we say, is that you have to generate friendship and generate simcha, so then you could say there is um, there is a, a you should you should do it yourself. And nowadays, there's, I saw some people get carried away with it if if you could fulfill the mitzvah with a credit card. But I think the normative approach is that you can, but you should try and. Um, you know, you come to shul, you give it, sort of to be part of it yourself is also the. Uh, it's not just the receiving matanah saviyonim that generates simcha. Giving matanah saviyonim also generates simcha. It sort of it creates every all of these details create the festive environment of Purim. Now, here's a very you mentioned before if it's both days of Purim, and that is a very important question because nowadays in the age of the small world and the internet that we're in, so a lot of the matanah saviyonim fundraising that people do on Purim are. Um, from people here to people in Yerushalayim. So this question can be asked in a number of ways, but let's say, um, am I, do I fulfill the, again, the mitzvah matanah zayinim is to give the money on Purim. So if I give, if I call up the, uh, I don't know, the, let's say Rabbi Glukowski's Moise, they, they send a lot of calls and emails, right? And I say, I want to donate $100 to uh, poor people, and he tells me, yes, I'm going to give it out on Purim. Now, how is he going to give it out on Purim? He, it's too late already. It's already. I'm calling him on 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 on, on, on at noon on Purim in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's finished Purim already in in Israel. What's he going to do? He's going to go to Yerushalayim where Purim is on Friday, yeah, because Shushan Purim, and he's going to give it to a poor person there. So do I fulfill the mitzvah of Matanah Zevyonim by him giving it to somebody the next day, or do I have, does does my mitzvah, does my money Matanah Zevyonim have to be received on Purim for when it's Purim for me? Or is it okay if it's received tomorrow, right? I give you $100, you're going to go tomorrow to Yishalayim and give this to a poor person, and you're going to make him happy. Do I fulfill my mitzvah matanah like that? And vice versa. Can a person in Yishalayim fulfill his mitzvah matanah by giving money on Thursday to somebody who lives outside? All the, say, all, the, all, the, all the people from... from uh, uh, for example, uh, this is very practical, living in Israel. All the poor people of Yerushalayim, um, Bnei Bra- on, on Thursday, they're going to go to Bnei Brak, and they're going to collect money, because for Bnei Brak people, it's Purim today, right? So, But for them, it's not Purim. They just got up in the morning, they took the bus to Bnei Brak, they're going back, it's going to be Purim for them tonight. So has the person in Bnei Brak fulfilled his mitzvah of Matanah Savyanim by giving money to the poor person from Yerushalayim, and vice versa, if the poor person from Bnei Brak goes to Yerushalayim on Friday, and it's not Purim for him anymore, 
does the person in Yerushalayim to fill his mitzvah by giving money to the person of the neighborhood. And you possibly, this will also depend on this question. If the mitzvah is to give tzedakah and purim, well, you give him tzedakah and purim. It doesn't matter when the person receives it. But if the idea of the mitzvah is to generate simcha of purim, so then if it's not purim for the person, for the recipient, then perhaps you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah. And again, you should give tzedakah to all of these causes, but for the, bar- for, for the, for the basic... For the basic mitzvah, you should give it to somebody who is uh, local and who's um, um. thing. There's one more. Sorry, I just have one more thing because it's already 10, almost ten o'clock. Um, just one more thing that I want to talk about. Matanas and you mentioned this before, Ari. Is um, uh, who who counts as an avyon? So in general, in halacha, we have we know that there's two categories. There's an ani and an avyon. An ani is a poor person who doesn't have his uh, his what he needs. And an Evyun is somebody who's toiv the Khaldavar, somebody who's so desperate that anything you give him will be appreciated. Um, now, today's day and age, it's very difficult to find um, Evyunim. There aren't many, I mean, with welfare and everything, there, there aren't many people in this world, even in, especially in Chicago, even in other places. There's almost no such thing as people who are literally homeless, who are the. Who are the no, uh, you go to think. Yes, I know them, but not Jews. That's no, for sure. No, no, but even the people who are homeless, I think a lot of it is because they don't want to take. Uh, they don't want to take. There are homeless shelters that they could not go to. They just don't want to. So then they're not really toyev lecholdaver. I mean, there's places that they could. They find they they prefer sleeping on the street than sleeping in a homeless shelter. I mean, it could be legitimately. It could be the homeless. They could, they're worried about being killed. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, fine, but uh, but they but 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 the uh, right. The, so, so some have argued, well, you have to give him it means you have to give to somebody who is literally um, destitute. So, um, for example, the Aruch HaShulchan says that it's not even, it's not accurate, that the, the fact that the Gemara says that Evyun means somebody who is so destitute is only when you have the word Oni and Evyun in juxtaposition. Oni and Evyun, so then we say Oni means the regular poor person and Evyun, but if you just have the word Evyun, then it means a regular poor person. Lemaisa, uh, the mitzvah is the, the, the preference is to give matanas for basic necessities, and what's basic necessities nowadays is not something that the Gemara talks about. So there are people even right here in Chicago who um, struggle to pay their electric bills, and uh, even though they're not toy of the chaldavar today, somebody who doesn't have electricity in his house is um, lacking basic necessities, and we do try to to do um, the mitzvah matanas levyoinim in that way. So you're, 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 you're adjusting that um, that category based on our time. Yes, I see. Okay. Now, would you be mekayim mitzvah if you, if for somebody that's uh, that isn't Jewish? So that's so that's a machlo. But pastor's not because so, because so, like the real of Yonim that I know. Right, are not uh, Jewish. exactly. Definitely not. No, from but definitely well, even not from Jews are even richer. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. Have to pay there's two questions over here. One question is that we say that even if a guy asks you for money, so then you should give him. And then the question is, well, do you fulfill the if the guy comes and asks you for a gift and you give him a gift, have you fulfilled the mitzvah matanas of Yonim or not? You have to give him because does that mean you fulfill the mitzvah? But if the, if he doesn't ask you, it definitely you definitely can't fulfill the mitzvah by going and giving the money to a guy. The idea of giving money to the guy is that if the guy asks you, then you give him. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that you could give money. You say the real of Yonim, okay. Um, but the other thing uh, that I was wondering is, you, you, what if because um, you were talking about if let's say you, you were 
you're from Bnei Brak and you go to Yerushalayim and Yerushalayim and you go to Bnei Brak and just there's all these uh, um, emails I'm getting from right. like, every school that I've ever been to um, of like we'll give out your Matanos Levionim on Purim but I'm I would be setting up any of these I'd be setting up this payment now and it's not going to be the transaction doesn't actually take place until until Purim so the halacha in Shulchan Aruch is that if a person lives in a place where there are no poor people, so then he can set the money aside on Purim and then keep it for whenever he finds poor people. And similarly, that you can give it um, to somebody on your behalf to give out on Purim. All of these things are not ideal. So while these people are using this out very successfully for fundraising gimmicks, and it's legitimate, and you could give it to them, but well, in a place like Shukhan, right, yeah, 100%, but the ideal way to fulfill the mitzvah is to give cash on Purim to somebody who's going to receive it on Purim, and in a place like Chicago, in virtually any, any minion that you have, and there will be somebody who who is represented, either the Rav or somebody in the community who's a representative, you could say, you know, here's the money, please distribute it locally right here, right now on my behalf, and that is definitely the ideal way to fulfill the mitzvah. Okay, and then num- number two, you said Mishloch m- Manos is is in some ways the, the best way to do it would be through a shliach, but that would not be the case with Matanos Levionim, right? I said that because someone to suggest that Matanos Levionim has to be yeah, I, I want, has to be given no, not Arachlanayim, maybe I don't remember, I saw it somewhere that has to be given... Uh, so by, give, by having... Like I said, Lamaisa, that's not, that's not the common practice. Okay. But is it better if, let's say, somebody comes into, you know, basement Nachman in the morning uh, for me to give it directly? To give it... Oh, this guy, yeah. he looks like a duck. Well, yes, and yes, and yes, yes, that's perfectly legitimate. I would, however, add that if you do give to Docker to somebody who's coming collecting before the Megillah, you should have in mind that you, this tzedakah is not in fulfillment of Matanas Levyonim because you want Matanas Levyonim to be given after the Megillah when you've said the Bracha Shechiyano or you've heard the Bracha Shechiyano. Oh, okay. So yeah, but, yeah. No, I'm saying, yeah. in order to be kind of the mitzvah, so I would say, so yeah. wait, wait for the people to come afterwards. Yeah, no, I, you could give them before. Yeah, 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 if you have the opportunity to give. But giving if, the Rav and having the Rav do it sounds less yes. ideal. If, if you have the opportunity, yes, then, you should, then it's like, nice to give directly as well, yes. Who's obligated? Women? Yeah, everybody's obligated to give Matanos Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, and yeah, I'm saying, yeah. actually, Mishlech Manos is a question if women are Mokhi or Lamaisa will be passing in the yard. Um, but, um, but even, but, 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 you know, if, uh, even, even if a person, let's say a child in high school, yeah, so if she doesn't have her, uh, she doesn't usually use her own money, she says, but she should take uh, at least you know ten dollars or whatever it is from her save it not from her mice money from her thing mm-hmm. and they give it to you to, to either directly or to you or she should make sure that some money is given from her thing to the poor people on Purim she's a robust mitzvah she's mukhiyev for mitzvahs and she has money so uh, even if she wouldn't have money she would be mukhiyev but uh, you could do also that you give her you give her money and it becomes hers and then she gives it back to you whatever mm-hmm. but the ideal way to do it is that she should take to be mechanic mitzvah, except that she's mechayev. Yeah. Husband and wife, they need to do it separately. Well, husband and wa- the husband and wife. Make sh- my wife the shliach for me, and have her take care of it. The, so, 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 in terms of where the funds well, come, in terms of where the funds come from, 
um, usually husband and wife have joint funds, so right. so that's that's so that's fine. But but you should both independently fulfill the mitzvah. So your wife should give you the ten or twenty or whatever dollar bill to give to the rabbi on your behalf, or vice versa, whoever does it. Yeah, we can do it. Can you can do it together, but right. you shouldn't just be. I mean, I can't tell you. No, if your wife. If your wife gives money on your behalf and says, you know, here's a hundred dollars and fifties for me and fifties for Bill, that's fine. But I do believe that at least in the spirit of the mitzvah, there is this idea that everybody should do it independently, and you should give your your wife your sort of hand to the dollar bill to to, to do on you. Right? We want everybody to be actively participating. Is this about No, matanos Why does he have? Why does why do you have to have the husband doing for the wife and wife doing for the husband? No, he's so not asking you to have to. Is that they do. His wife goes to the rabbi. My money, my money, her money, right? It's yeah. uh, but there is the that's idea. That's what I always go on with my wife. Says, you know, it's my money anyways. Yeah, I'm giving no. half of mine, even if it's coming out. Mm-hmm. Of I'm just saying house. that my understanding is that there is um, value in every person being an active participant. So instead of just telling your wife, give a hundred dollars to the rabbi, you know, take the money from your wallet, even though it's all the same and it's all coming from the same account. Be an active participant right. in it. And besides which, like I said before, you should try and have with your money, um, put in cash in your pocket so that if you meet people who are going to ask you, um, you should be able to, to give them.